team. Today is Sheen's first official week leading, so praise the Lord that he's leading, helping us lead worship as well now, so give God some glory. It is the summertime, and some of you have trips planned in the summer, and that's a wonderful thing. I don't know how many of you like road trips. Uh, I'm not always the biggest fan of road trips, but I had a great one when I was in college. And uh, I was thinking about that this when we think about uh, just all these things that we have going on. This is the only type, this, college would be the only time you'd take a trip like this. But uh, I was sitting around with my friends one day, and uh, someone brought in a magazine And uh, they were reading about this roller coaster that had just been built and opened. And it was the tallest and fastest roller coaster in the world. And uh, we we looked at these pictures. I think I got a picture here. That's it. That's it. The top thrill dragster. And uh, over 400 feet tall, over 120 miles an hour. And now I I did some research this week. There is one built somewhere in the world that's now taller and faster. But at the time, this was the best. And we read those. I'm like, 120 miles an hour? We got to go. And uh, so we read the article. Cedar Point Amusement Park, Sandusky, Ohio. I'm going to college in Minneapolis. This was pre-GPS days. So we got out the map. We began to try to calculate it. Figured... 12 hours. We could be there in 12 hours. So that night, pack up the car. We recruit a few, five of us pack in this little uh, car and uh, we had to figure out which car we're going to take. I knew mine was not going to make a 12-hour trip. If you knew my car, you'd know it was not going to make a 12-hour trip. Uh, So we found somebody and we said, hey, you want to come with us? We took his car and uh, drove through the night got to the amusement park when the gates opened the next day and went on the top uh, thrill dragster and all the other roller coasters all day. And then we got in the car and we drove home that night, which in hindsight was a very stupid thing to do. You know how tired you are after riding roller coasters all day? It's a wonder that we didn't... I'll be honest, I volunteered for the first shift and I am a terrible night driver. I fell asleep like three times at the wheel in like an hour. And finally somebody said, I'll take over. But that was the, that was the craziest road trip I ever took. And, uh, but it was fun. It was the type of thing you do when you're 20 years old, I guess. And, uh, but when you think of a road trip, you got three questions you got to answer. One, where are you going? We were going to Sandusky, Ohio, wherever that was at. That was our location. That was our destination. And then the second question we had to wrestle with was, how are you going to get there? We had to come up, we had to get the map out, and uh, we had to find out which car we're going to take. We had to have a vehicle. So you got you to know where you're going, how you're going to get there, and then third, you got to know the roads that you're going to take. What's going to be the, the, the best roads? Now, on road trips, you got all kinds of options. You can take the fastest route. You can take the most scenic route. You, uh, here in Southern California, you, we know that sometimes the shortest route is not the fastest route. So you got to figure out which roads are the best roads to take. 
Those are three important questions for any journey. And I want to use those three questions to think about uh, our lives as Christians, but also uh, for us as a church. Because today is the last sermon in this series, Ministry Matters. So I want to use, use those three questions, and, I, and I'll rephrase them a little bit. Where are we going as a church? How are we going to get there? And then the way we're going to st- state the third question is, what are the easy ramps to get plugged in? In other words, what are the roads that we are going to take? Those are three crucial questions. Questions that apply to us individually as Christians. God, wh- who are you calling me to be? Where are you calling me to go? And how am I going to get there? And, and uh, how am I going to take advantage of the things that you're calling me to do? And so we're going to look at this individually, but also as a church. Because as I said, today is the last series in this uh, series, Ministry Matters. Where we're going to end up, those three questions are going to lead us to one final question. The big question of today is, what's your go serve? In other words, how might you serve the Lord? What is God calling you to do? God is calling all of us to be involved in His work. God has a plan for each one of us to be involved in spreading His kingdom. So that's the final question that we're getting to. But the first question is this. Where are we going as a church? I might start with our mission statement. We exist to spread a passion for God so that He is above all else in our lives church, and community. That's a great mission statement because it encompasses so many things. Embedded in there is that uh, is, is worship, that we are exalting God above all else. Embedded in there is an evangelism, that we're spreading that to others. And embedded in there is, is discipleship, that we are seeking for God to grow in our lives, for us to become uh, closer and closer followers of Jesus. Disciple literally means to be a learner, a learner from, the, from a master, and that could be applied to all kinds of trades, but for us as disciples of Jesus, in other words, we're learning to live life as He exemplified for us and as He taught us to live. And so we are disciples of Him. And that is a wonderful thing, because you want to learn from a master, And no one who has ever walked on the face of this earth has lived a better life than Jesus. And if we can live and we can learn to live with the focus and the wisdom and the passion and the the love and the peace and the joy that he had, Jesus was the most joyful person that ever walked this planet. He really was. Look at his life. So much, uh, just so much... uh, uh, depth of his, the relationships that he had and the way that he interacted with people. And so we ought to be disciples of his. Here's the answer to this first question. Uh, where are we going as a church? Our mission statement is a call to discipleship. It's what being a Christian is all about. John chapter 3 is the most, ha, in, includes the most famous verse in all the Bible, right? John 3.16. Maybe if you know this, well, let, I, I should have put it on the screen so we all have the same version. But let's just say it together anyway and use whatever version if you memorize this verse. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish 
but have eternal life. It's a beautiful verse. That's the gospel. That Jesus, uh, that Jesus came to this earth as God's son to die on the cross because he loves us so that we might not perish, but we might have eternal life if we believe in him. And then after that passage where he talks about the, that, uh, the eternal life and he talks about being born again, we're introduced to Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist's whole job is just to prepare the way for Jesus. And, uh, and it's kind of like this, uh, this, this uh, imagery that we're using of a journey. He is here to prepare the way. And so he's on the scene teaching people and baptizing them. And then Jesus shows up. And his response is, I must decrease and he must increase. And this is what he says, John 3, 31. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth. And he speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. That is basically our mission statement in a nutshell. That Jesus would be above all. The one who comes from above is to be all, is to be above all in our lives, in our church, and in our community. And it says the one is, that is from the earth belongs to the earth. Now, all of us are born to this earth. We are all born here on this earth, obviously, and we, and we belong to the earth. But the good news that Jesus has just taught us is that we can be born from above. That's actually a better translation than born again. If you take the Greek, it says that we are to be born from above. In other words, we are to find our lives in the one from above and to have our whole perspective changed so that we are focused on him and so that we become as he that is from above. And we belong to Him so that we no longer speak as one from the earth, but we speak the words of, the, of Jesus Himself. And so this is our call. Our mission statement is a call to discipleship, to, to, be, to be a disciple and to help make disciples. That's where we are going. So second question, how are we going to get there? You know, we talked about having a car that we needed to drive on a road trip. How are we going to get there? In terms of discipleship, we have three discipleship circles. That's the answer to the second question. How are we going to get there? Three, our three discipleship circles. They're on these banners. We put them on the screen here too. So uh, the first circle is praise, preaching, and prayer. We're going to come together and we're going to, uh, we're going to focus our hearts and our minds every week on Jesus and exalting Him in our lives. Second circle, and, I've, and I know this from experience, not only from the Word of God, but from experience. To be a strong f a follower of Jesus, you need strong Christian friends. Amen? Can't do it on your own. It's too hard. It's, you will grow discouraged. We need others that encourage us, that may hold us accountable, that pray for us. And we need, we need those for us, and we need to be uh, that type of person to others. Strong Christian friends, so important to our growth in the faith. And, uh, and then thirdly is serve the Lord. That's what this whole series of Ministry Matters has been about. We grow in our faith when we are serving Him. In fact, there are ways that we grow in our faith 
that we would never grow if it was not for committing to doing the work that He has called us to do. Ask those that just came back from a missions trip. You grow in your faith. You grow in your faith when you're involved in His work. And I know that from my own experience. When I've sought to step out of my comfort zone and to follow God, to, to do the things that He wants me to do, that's when certain things have been stirred up in my heart. Sometimes it's seeing sin. Sometimes it's seeing a self-reliance or, or, or self-sufficiency or, or, or pride. Or, and, and, there's, and those things get rooted out as we devote our lives to Christ. But he, he stirs within us also passions for Him as we serve Him. One of the verses we've looked at uh, in this, with this idea of serve the Lord is Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Isn't that a beautiful phrase there right at the end? The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I believe deep within all of our hearts, that's what we want. We want to experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. All the blessings of living with Him. All the blessings of discipleship. All the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are, all, are not all of those things what we long for? And this is the blessing. When we commit ourselves to these type of things, to praise and preaching and prayer, to strong Christian friends, to serving the Lord, God works in our church to help us do what it's talking about here, equipping people for works of service, giving unity, helping us grow in our knowledge of Christ and become mature. God works in our own lives individually so that we, uh, so that we grow in our faith. And so that is, where are we going? How are we going to get there? Now the third question is, uh, what are the easy on-ramps to get there? What are the easy on-ramps into these vehicles, into these three discipleship circles? Let's take them one at a time, and we're going to have to we're going to spend the bulk of our time on the third one. But the first one, discipleship circle number one. What do you think discipleship circle number one uh, easy on-ramp is? Come to the worship service. That's a real easy one. Come, come, and let's praise uh, the Lord together. Let's hear the uh, word preached together. Let's pray together and come. But here's, here's my challenge. Come ready. Worship is, is, is maybe the most important thing that we will do all week. That's what we were created to do, to honor God and to worship Him. But we take it so flippantly sometimes, right? This is what we will be doing for all eternity is worshiping the Lord. We might as well uh, warm our hearts up to it here and now. It's a wonderful thing to worship the Lord. If you're staying out till 1 o'clock in the morning or watching TV at 1 o'clock in the morning on Saturday night, I don't think that's a good idea because that makes you tired on Sunday morning. In fact, I would encourage us to set aside some time. Now, sometimes you, you got little kids... Chelsea got woke up at 5.30 this morning uh, by our four-year-old and comes to the church tired, 
no fault of her own, uh, but as, but as uh, the best we can, may we set aside a few minutes to prepare our hearts to worship God, to hear his word preached, to, to focus our minds that we might pray, pray along with uh, the prayers that are offered in the service. So come, and you might write in the margin there in your notes, come ready. Come ready. Bring three things every morning. Bring your heart that's ready. Bring your Bible that we can dig into God's Word. We can get familiar with our Bible and treasure it the way it should be. And bring somebody with you. This is wonderful. This is the call to evangelism, to spread a passion for God. So bring three things. Bring our hearts, bring our Bibles, and bring someone. That's the easy on-ramp for discipleship circle number two. Disciple, or circle number one. Discipleship circle number two, the easy on-ramp is join a growth group. We need strong Christian friends. The best easy on-ramp that we can offer, as a church at least, is growth groups where we can come together and get to know one another, pray for one another, encourage one another in the faith, and read the, read the scriptures. I realize a lot of our growth groups take a break in the summer, and so the timing here, you know, but uh, in the end of July, or I mean in the end of August, we'll, let, we'll have all our growth group leaders come up front like we're going to do with our deacons this morning, and we want to encourage everyone to be in a group where they're going to be encouraged and challenged uh, in their faith. And the best on-ramp for that is a growth group. Okay, now we are to discipleship uh, circle number three. What's the easy on-ramp to serve the Lord? Well, here's where we're going to take some time this morning. And uh, we're going to talk about each of these. This is an introduction to our ministry fair. Our hope is at the end of this service today that if you're not plugged into a ministry and serving out of a sense of calling to the Lord, that you might take a few minutes after the service to come and to talk with one of these leaders. Now, if you come and talk with a leader, that does not mean you're signing your life away to that ministry. That means that you are exploring God's call in your life. And that you might say, hey, I think I could, I think I could serve the Lord in this way or that way. So as we talk about this, Open your heart up to the Lord. In fact, let's just take a minute right now and uh, pray a silent prayer and just ask the Lord, God, if you want me to be involved in something here in this church, we know that not all ministry is done within this church, but God, uh, as members and regular attenders of this church, this is our home body. And so why don't you just ask the Lord to speak to you that he might lay upon your heart a sense of peace that he would direct you in the way that he would have you to go. So let's just take a minute and pray and then we will talk about some of these easy on-ramps. God, please speak to us. Amen. Okay, I'm going to go down these. What's a pest? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. That's the way we've divided up the ministries. So we're going to lay these out one at a time. Most of these are ministries that will have deacons over them. And so I'm going to invite the deacons to come. And uh, first deacon, 
of community connections. This is kind of the apostle, or I mean, this is kind of the prophet role. What we're calling, um, what we're calling a, a community development ministries. We have two of them: community connections. Community connections is our intentionality of seeking to be involved in ministries that are in the community, in serving the community in one way or another. Matt Tambara is the deacon of Community Connections. And Matt is not here today. Be- for good reason, he's on the Japan mission trip. And so he will be getting back uh, today. So Darren's going to man this booth. But uh, what I would hope is that some of you, some of you are wired this way. You long to just be involved in, in helping get out and serve people in their need. And that's a wonderful thing. And Matt would love to put you to work, so to speak. And, that, and uh, so we will, uh, we're, we're going to do a lot of work along these lines. And that might be a ministry that you say, I can give some time to, or I'd like to at least try it out. Community Connections. That's Matt Tambar. I think I asked Andrew to put his picture on the screen in case someone doesn't know Matt. Do you have his picture, Matt, Andrew? Oh, there we go. That's Matt. Thank you. Okay, second one under uh, community development. Mercy and Justice. Mercy and Justice is a team that we developed uh, probably at least a year ago. And uh, it really has a focus on serving the poor uh, in the community or, or even those that may have fallen on uh, hard times financially within our own church body. But it is the idea that we're coming alongside of individuals in their need and, uh, and helping to help them uh, uh, in, that, in, in that moment and, and to proclaim God's work in their lives. Anne Smith is the deacon over uh, Mercy and Justice. Anne, please come forward. Now, Anne, if someone were to come and ask you today and say, Ann, I want to get involved in mercy and justice ministry. Give us one way, uh, just or, or, or briefly, uh, a way that you might advise them how might they get involved in mercy and justice. Uh, they could uh, participate in a current project. Okay, uh, so give us an example. What might be a current project? Just so happen to have it. <laughs> Okay, this project we want to do for Thanksgiving. <clears throat> we want to try and um, provide Thanksgiving um, that are in need. Okay, that's, that's great. Thank you, Anne. So the Mercy and Justice has this vision of providing f- food for families that are in need. And, uh, and that's a wonderful thing. And so that might be an area that you could uh, help it, assist in. And, and serving the community in that way. So, Ann, take a seat and uh, come and talk to Ann after the service. That's a wonderful thing. Next are our evangelism ministries. And so we have a ministry of missions. And I'm going to invite our deacons uh, to come forward. And I know Arlene and Tom are the deacons of um, missions. Missions has two primary uh, foci, and that is one the support of our long-term missionaries. And uh, to Ar- Arlene and Tom here. Oh, Arlene, come on. Come on forward, Arlene. And, uh, and then also helping organize small 
short-term missions trips. But if someone said today, hey, Arlene, I want to get involved some way to be used in the area of missions, how might you advise them? Well, your money has been supporting our 10 missionaries. So come and see more about them and see, uh, learn more about your missionaries. Yes, thank you. So we can, we can uh, support our missionaries financially through prayer. That's a, n- another way to get involved. And hopefully we continue to have short-term trips. I'm a big believer in that. And, uh, and there will be opportunities along those lines as well. So missions is very important. Social and fellowship is a, uh, an evangelism-type ministry. And uh, social and fellowship is, uh, has a couple components. One is it helps organize the meals after the service. And, uh, and that's a great opportunity to sit down and to get to know someone and maybe even have an open door to share the gospel with them. And then they're also going to be involved in uh, outreach events, helping organize outreach events that we have periodically through the year. So for example, Fun Fest is a great outreach event. Social and Fellowship helps organize that, uh, that ministry. And I know a lot of people are involved in Social and Fellowship ministry. And uh, Marissa and Stephanie are the deacons for Social and Fellowship. And so I'll ask them to come forward. Now, if someone were to come to you today and uh, say, I feel like this would be an area I could serve. This is, I have a sense from the Lord, His leading. What might be, how might you advise them? Who's the spokesperson here? Marissa? Okay, you can come see us today and then you can start easy just like signing up or uh, helping to uh, bring something on a Sunday. Uh, we have food here every Sunday for lunch for us to eat together. So it's very easy as uh, signing up to bring a bag of chips to a potato salad. Yes. All right. The, if prop, yeah, that's, that's probably the easiest on-ramp is to help serve the lunches after church. And that's a wonderful thing. I know a lot of individuals in our church that have stuck and eventually the Lord started to work in their hearts because they had an opportunity to share a meal together after church. And it's a great opportunity, too, to say, hey, I just want to be involved in those few events out of the year. I can give my time and I can help organize fun fests. Those are some easy on-ramps. Now, each of these, we're just trying to give the easy on-ramp. Just FYI, there, there is always room to grow and to become more and more involved. But with it, this is exploratory as we're talking about this morning. So go ahead and take a seat and let me introduce uh, Welcoming Team Ministry. Welcoming Team Ministry has Taishi and Elaine as the deacons. And uh, so when we think of the welcoming team, we think of those that are involved in... Uh, in organizing the ushers and greeters and the Connection Central booth, but also just those that have a heart to go out of the way to meet new people and to welcome them into the church. And uh, I have had the blessing of, and I'm just speaking personally, but I know that there are many that serve in this area. I've had the blessing of getting to know people, and uh, they, they were kind of directed to me from someone on the welcome team had an opportunity even to sit down and share the gospel. This is a very important ministry because you never know where someone is at who comes into the church. 
And they may need to just have someone come alongside of them and help them feel uh, welcome. And, and then even as they get to know them, to, to see if there's an open door to share about Christ's love. And so, Elaine, Taishi, why don't you come? This is, a, this is one that has a, a great easy on-ramp. And so if you were to describe how you might advise someone who wants to get involved, what would you say, Elaine? Um, easiest on-ramp would be just come alongside us as we hand out the programs and greet people at the door. We did come up with a goal. This is our ministry goal is to make people feel welcome to our church, to feel the love of Christ, and a desire to become part of the West Covina Christian church family, because that's really what we are. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the simplest ways, and obviously there's more to it. We have ushering and all. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So so I think th this would be a great way for, and many of you are serving in welcome uh, ministry type things, and that's, a, and that's a needed and important evangelistic ministry of our church. Next is, we're moving on to the third area, which is the shepherding and care area. And, uh, and so we have compassion care. Compassion care has a few aspects involved in this ministry. There is the idea of providing visitation and uh, follow-up, maybe a card or a phone call to those who are sick or who haven't been in church for one reason or another. We want to be really, in really intentional of, of making sure that we provide that care. And I know that a lot of you, that's your heart. God's wired you as, as shepherds, so to speak. And, you and, you love to, and you'd love opportunities to come alongside of people in their need. Or the second other area that's really key in this ministry is to provide food to families that are grieving or, or, that, or, fam or individuals that are shut in. And so that's, a, that's part of the vision that they have in Compassion Care Ministry. Nancy Kadama is the deacon of Compassion Care Ministry. So I'll ask Nancy to come forward. And uh, Nancy, if someone were to come to you and ask you, I want to get involved. I'm not sure what to do. How might you advise them? Well, our committee is um, primarily taking care of the church family. So um, one of the easiest ways is praying for someone. If we get a call that someone is in need of prayer, um, mm -hmm. we'll send out the word to pray for this person. Or um, another easy way is if a person hasn't been able to come to church for a while, just to let them know that we're caring for them and we think about them, you could send a card mm -hmm. a, a, or a telephone call or an email just to let them know they're not forgotten. Mm -hmm. So the other uh, that takes a little bit more energy is um, providing a meal. Mm -hmm. So there, there's... Lots of ways to just get involved, to show you care for a person in the church. Yes, thank you. So if you talk to Nancy, she can help you to kind of get um, plugged in, in in that way and however it is that you sense the Lord leading you. Uh, Harvester's Ministry. This is our ministry to the seniors, 55 plus. And uh, so we have two deacons over Harvester's Ministry, and that is... Uh, Audrey and Dr. Mike, and uh, I'll invite them to come forward. But a couple of the key aspects of Harvester's ministry is um, they, uh, they provide social and fellowship activities for our seniors, 
and uh, they they supply supply uh, they give support like our widows group is a part of the harvesters ministry and and then providing transportation to those that have those needs and so there are plenty of uh, ministries that people can serve in who are not seniors and I think that's a wonderful thing when God burdens our hearts to to uh, even minister across generational lines both ways and so uh, Dr. Mike if someone were to ask you what's a one way they could be involved in this as a as a ministry to serve how might you advise them you know <clears throat> It's uh, just in hearing all the different uh, ministries that we have, there seems to be some crossover, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But uh, our group is focused upon the seniors of our church. And uh, we were thinking about a verse in our Bible, our story in the Bible that represents people getting left out or left behind. And we were thinking about the uh, early church in Luke reports that uh, there were some widows that were complaining that they were missing the, they were missing the meal, you know, the, the, they were getting the scraps. So uh, they organized uh, deacons to organize the food so that it would be a little bit more fair and everybody would get a share. Our seniors ministry has, is not that old. Uh, a lot of our seniors have uh, dedicated themselves to be involved with compassion and, and Sunday school and everything else. But how about themselves? Uh, and in the last five years, we've tried to focus upon our seniors, especially our widows. And uh, we organized a uh, Bible study for seniors on Tuesday mornings so that people don't have to drive at night. And we provide transportation for people that have transportation issues. Uh, we have uh, uh, monthly widows group outings for, them, for the wi widows. And we organize trips and seminars. Today's seminar on uh, decluttering is a uh, harvesters-sponsored uh, event. And everyone's invited. You don't have to be 55 to learn how to declutter. Uh, <clears throat> so our mission is to uh, take, take care of our seniors. How you can be involved, just come and be a helper. We always need people to distribute papers or name tags, things like that. And our primary one is uh, if you can drive. Our seniors really need help with transportation. You know, you can come and drive. You'll meet uh, some new people and also have some fun. Mm -hmm. All right, very good. Thank you. Okay, um, now we are moving on to uh, discipleship ministry. This is like the teaching ministry of the church. And so we have, again, we have two that are specifically geared towards this. I see... Walter and Diana are coming forward. They are our deacons of growth groups. And uh, growth groups are, there's a variety of them, but all of them have at least some commonalities. One is that they study the Bible together. Two is that they're focused on building those strong Christian friendships. And, uh, and then they're focused on uh, praying for one another. Some, a lot of them do sermon-based Bible studies and they meet in people's homes. Some are more topical, like our POPs group, parents of preschoolers. And so I'm curious, uh, Walter and Diana, if uh, someone wanted to get involved in one way or another, how might they get involved in serving in growth groups? Well, you pretty much said everything that I was going to say about the growth groups. Um, basically, a lot of times we're limited. We're limited by space. I mean, we were confined to a church wall or we have a time restraint, one and a half hour on Sunday. So growth groups basically are a means to go beyond that. 
there's, there are various locations, and we do get together, um, usually about two meetings per month. We do have an opportunity to pray for one another. We have, like you said, uh, Bible studies, uh, encouragement. Um, also, we also have accountability. We take care of each other. We check up on each other, and we also try to take care, um, um, take care of each other's needs also on that. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, several easy on-ramps. Come up to our table, and we'll let you know. But uh, one of our easiest one is for you to participate in a growth group. Another uh, easy on-ramp is to pray for our various growth group leaders. Uh, we need your support and just letting them know that someone or some groups of people are praying for them is a wonderful way um, that you can join our ministry. And if you are more energetic, uh, you can invite someone new or someone who hasn't participated in a growth group before to join you in one. Mm -hmm. So come to our table and we can provide more information. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I do know that we, there, there may be a need in the fall as we ha we're training some teachers right now, uh, but there may be a need for hosts to open up their homes, and that'd be a great way to get involved as well. Next, we have church gatherings, and this is a discipleship meeting in the sense that uh, church gatherings are opportunities for us to challenge one another in our faith, kind of build those friendships, uh, but also there's always a devotional. And so when you think of church gatherings, there's all church gatherings that we do all together. There's the men's ministry, there's the women's ministry, there's a marriage ministry, and Nancy Kadama oversees all of that. So Nancy, how am I, uh, or Nancy Cortez, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Nancy Cortez is doing a wonderful job as the deacon of church gatherings. How might you advise someone who wants to get involved? Well, first of all, participate in the gatherings. We have the Ladies Metro and Angels game coming up. You're welcome to sign up. Uh, these gatherings really help provide the church body with opportunities for growth and fellowship where members can form long-lasting Christ-centered friendships, which is something we, uh, is really important. Mm -hmm. This can help members connect with others in a way that may potentially lead to growing and serving together in some form of ministry. Okay, thank you. Nancy is an organizational queen, and uh, so she is wonderful at getting all these things together. And I know she is always looking for, for help of those that just love to put together events where people can connect with one another and begin to be challenged in their faith. And so if you think, man, I'm a host or a hostess, and uh, I love to help people to just have opportunity to create an environment and an atmosphere to get to know the Lord, Nancy could use your help, and that would be a great ministry to be involved with. The last three are what we might call department ministries. We have uh, children, youth, and worship. And so uh, these are key ministries, obviously, to us as a church. The first I'll introduce is the children's ministry. And children's ministry is, we primarily think of KWP, which stands for Kids with Purpose. It's our, it's our uh, children's church that takes place on Sunday morning. And uh, Karen Ong is the uh, deacon for children's ministry. But I have not seen Karen today. I know now is going to come for, now is the children's director. And so now, uh, if someone wanted to get involved in children's ministry, and I know there is always a lot of needs, but how might you uh, 
direct them to, if they wanted to be involved. So we ask you, or we encourage you to come and talk to either myself or just talk to anybody who's involved in the children's ministry so they can uh, connect you with me or somebody in the committee. Um, committee. Um, we encourage you to do that first because there's so many different areas you can be involved in children's ministry. So obviously we need the teachers, but we also need people who can do computers in the back so the children can watch the Bible, Bible story uh, on the big screen. So if you know how to watch a computer, uh, the, um, the video on the computer, we have a place for you. So that's an example, but there's a different way. So just come and talk to us. Yes. Children's ministry is one of those ministries that takes a lot of people. And so if you uh, want to serve and you just think, I would like to either be hands-on with the kids or just even maybe help administratively, there's all kinds of easy on-ramps. And, and that's one of those ministries that we would love to have your help. So come and talk to now. Next is youth ministry. Uh, youth ministry, uh, Stephen Okamoto is the... Uh, director of our, he's our youth director, but Jose is our deacon, and so Jose is going to come, and Jose, uh, youth ministry is obviously a ministry that's geared towards our middle schoolers and high schoolers, and, uh, and helps provide discipleship and teaching and just that edification and discipleship that uh, young people need. How might someone serve in the youth ministry? Uh, just attending. Um, we have our youth services um, Saturdays from 6 to 8. And that's actually how we kind of got involved to try to encourage our son to come to youth. A little bit on the shy side, so uh, mom and I said, okay, we're going to join you. Um, and we, know, we noticed that uh, at that time, Shugo uh, needed a little bit, um, just a little bit more help, and, and that's how we stayed. And um, I have been there since. So just showing up and, and helping, there are several youth leaders that are there, but I encourage you guys, um, it, it's worth it. Um, I know a lot of people gave up some time when I was, you know, growing up, and, and, mm -hmm. and it's just a, a good way to, to give back. Um, showing up is one, one thing. If, if you don't have time to show up, um, kids are really hungry all the time. Mm -hmm. So you guys can always just stop by and drop off some, some food and then take off. So that, that would be encouraged as well. Um, and obviously prayer is always also uh, welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So the, there are some important on-ramps for youth ministry. Please consider how you might, you know, the statistics are that, um, it, and obviously there's a lot of people that are not in this camp, but uh, the majority of people that become Christians become Christians before the age of 18. And, uh, and so these ministries to youth and children are super important. And I encourage you to, to see how you might help serve. And lastly, we have um, worship ministry. And uh, worship ministry, we actually have not officially appointed a deacon, but as we've gone along, we've recognized that there is a need for one. And so this is a work in progress. But worship ministry is, is prim primarily involved in um, helping provide music on Sunday mornings. And there's always needs in worship ministry as well. In fact, we would love some, for, for some of you who maybe have that musical ability to be involved in that uh, one way or another. So I'll invite uh, our representatives this morning are going to be Renee and Jessica. And uh, I'll invite them to come. And if you were to say, uh, how might someone get involved in worship ministry? How might you answer that question, Renee? 
Um, well, as you know, our, our worship ministry encompasses worship leaders and singers, instrumentalists, and also our audio and visual team in the back. And it, uh, the ministry is somewhat specialized. So if you are interested in knowing more, please come and talk with us, and we can share with you a little bit about the worship ministry and what's involved. Okay. Thank you. That's a lot of areas. And uh, I think it's a lot of easy on-ramps, too. And uh, what is exciting for me is that God might open up our hearts and direct us in not just filling a need. And sometimes that's what we have to do to begin with. Uh, We just got to say, God, let me try something out. And we get a sense of how the Lord leads. But my heart is that each of us would be involved in the ministry of West Covina Christian Church. And I know that sounds a little bit selfish, to say, the ministry here. There's so many opportunities for ministry. But you know what? God has organized local churches to be His primary way of spreading His kingdom through the world. And I would hope that all of us would have a way that we could serve the Lord in one way or another to be able to advance His kingdom in our community and through this through this church. This is a special church. This is a wonderful church. I love this church so much. And God has fantastic plans for us. Let's just go before the Lord and ask Him how He might direct our hearts today. Father God, as we uh, think about how we might be involved in spreading Your work and carrying out Your ministry, God, just touch our hearts right now. And just in the quietness of this sanctuary, I pray that you would speak to us. And I know all of us are busy and we may even feel unworthy or it seems intimidating, but it's you in us, God. In fact, no matter how confident we are, if we grow self-confident, then we're in trouble. It's you in us, God. And so, God, I pray that you would help us as a church to come together to be united together, and uh, that we might carry out your work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to just invite the uh, deacons to stand, and the worship team will come, and you guys can just stay where you're at, and uh, we will sing our last song. And then after the service, we have just some time. Uh, Lunch will be served. Don't worry. It's not going anywhere. Take a minute.